Yes, you hit the jackpot. It's the Article 7 Podcast. Welcome to the Article 7 Podcast. Yes, I am Andy Jago, pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church, located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. You can also find us on the web at www.bethany-lcms. That's bethany-lcms.org. And uh, there at that website will be all the church calendar, newsletters, bulletins, just about anything you want to find out, including uh, the sermon series. So this podcast is uh, uh, with my sermons. Now, actually, the one you will hear today in this podcast is not me. I'll explain a little bit why and and whose voice you're going to be hearing in just a little bit. Um, That's coming up in the podcast in the sermon section and the feature section today. I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, C2W, that stands for Created to Worship, and a special song that they sang in our worship uh, uh, very recently, which was written and produced and uh, edited and so forth and performed uh, all in-house. Uh, very excited about that and very excited to see one of our old friends uh, in worship on that day. So again, more on that a little bit later. So feature with music, sermon notes, and then the sermon, and maybe a little musical surprise at the end. That's all coming up next. Our next feature is a music feature with C2W. That stands for Created to Worship. They are our contemporary music band at Bethany Lutheran Church, and their numbers fluctuate. Uh, Sometimes we have children home from uh, college, and so our ranks swell a little bit. And right now it's a pretty good-sized group uh, with a variety of different instruments and vocal uh, sounds that you hear, both male and female voices. Um, so we're very happy about that. It's always open, though, to new singers coming in. Now, some churches have uh, like a traditional service and a contemporary service. Some churches have no contemporary service, and that's all right, I suppose. I would be, you know, if I had to choose between a traditional Lutheran hymn or one of our more contemporary songs, I'd be hard-pressed. The more I have been exposed, I suppose, to uh, the style of music and some of the, the new songs that have been uh, sung in the church and and, uh, and used in the church, uh, the more they become a part of how I worship and, and who I am, too, as a pastor. So I, if my, my response is to whether we should have traditional or contemporary is, yes, we should, both. Um, and that's just who I am as a pastor too. So you know, it's a. Uh, it's a you know, I go back to my uh, youth in the 1980s. You know, there was there was the first Christian rock bands. I remember Petra and Whiteheart. Uh, my Baptist friends and I listening to such things. Um, you know, and it was just kind of exciting to hear uh, a gospel message put into that 
context, at least for me. For others, it's a little bit of a turnoff. I know that. Um, so that's why uh, we have our C2W service. We drop them in. We use the number two. Uh, it's the second Sunday, second service. Pretty easy to remember. This is the first year we usually bounce them around from service to service, but this year we're sticking with that protocol, give everyone a pretty clear choice as to when they can come and, and hear uh, contemporary music at Bethany. Now, we don't have that every week, and like I say, some churches have traditional once early service, contemporary late service, or vice versa, um, and, and we don't do that. Now, one of the main reasons since I've been there that we don't uh, mainly is resources. I don't think we have the uh, staffing you know, to accomplish you know, two different styles of music you know, for one service and then for another, unless we're talking about our, our mission service, which is in the African style. Uh, which is the third service we do at Bethany. So 8, 30, 11, and 1 o'clock, just in case you were wondering. Um, so, you know, that's one reason. But, uh, you know, the other one is, too, is that there's a spiritual uh, aspect to uh, the, the music that we use. Uh, and the the spiritual principle is, you know, there in any given worship service, there'll be a hymn or a song that you don't like. Um, and then there'll hopefully be two or three that you really do like, and, and the person next to you is going to be very different. This is just a matter of style and, and what you prefer. Um, so I try not to, to overload uh, the music. When we Actually, I'm not the only one that plans out the services. I make suggestions, but then uh, you know the other uh, folks who are involved in our worship planning will then filter those suggestions and so forth. And I, I lay out these general principles, which actually some of which come from uh, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You know, these are the general principles we use when planning worship that could be found on the lcms.org website and look under resources. And, uh, you know, so one of these principles, you know, you don't overload a certain style. Uh, so if you got happy and bouncy, all right, just have one mellow song, you know, reflective song that's in there. That's more of a style thing. But one that's more of a theological thing is, you know, balance of law and gospel, uh, central on Jesus. Now, you don't always have that. Sometimes you're just using one of the psalms that may refer to Jesus indirectly, not directly, and using that psalm as the basis for singing. But here you're learning scripture, too. Now, if you have all the service as just psalms or all the service uh, just gospel, and all right, well, it's good to put a variety and let God's word, which is written in a lot of different ways, do its work, I think. Um, so that's, a, that's just some of the principles that go into worship and planning and contemporary, traditional, uh, over at Bethany Lutheran. Now, that's not to say that at some point we can change. We have a firm foundation, I think, on which we stand on, which is the liturgy of the church um, and some of the liturgical traditions and the structure of the service. Going back 2,000 years, Christians have been doing this. That's, that gives us a good foundation. It gives us a good structure to work out of. It, it repeats certain parts of Scripture so that we, we get that in our hearts and minds when we do that. Um, so, but uh, that's a good basis, but that does that not to say that we can't do some innovative and creative things uh, and that we don't use also the, the creative talents that come to us by God's Holy Spirit. So uh, a while back, Matthew, uh, Matthew C. Ballard uh, came to Bethany and was just on fire for uh, that style of worship and 
put his musical talents and abilities uh, to work for the Lord at Bethany Lutheran. So one of the results of that is the song you're going to hear next, which is Jesus Guide Me. That was something that he wrote and composed and uh, and and was worked through our C2W group who gave some suggestions and worked it. And uh, man, it just came together so nice. And so we used it and we're going to be doing it again. We're giving the congregation in the next C2W service a chance to sing that. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Matthew Ballard is the one who has written and composed all the bridge music for this podcast, incidentally. Um, so, And he also has a small studio where he does help out uh, some young upcoming artists. Uh, he'll work with you and, and help produce your things. And um, I remember when I had to do a couple of uh, spots for KFUO just to record something and put it in, he was very generous opening his studio and working with me and giving me some insight as to what what actually goes into the engineering of sound and how you sound over the radio and, and, and how music is produced and that sort of thing. So uh, just, a, just eye-opening. <laughs> and uh, probably one of the things, though, that really, really helped me out in producing this podcast. So Matthew, if you're listening, I wish you all of God's blessings. We hope to see some more of you. Uh, we want to wish you blessings where you are right now. He's with his, uh, his son is attending school at Emmanuel Lutheran Church. So an additional shout out to our mother church. Emmanuel is the, the mother church to both Bethany and St. John's. So they're in the city of Alexandria, Bethany and St. John's in the uh, Fairfax County, Alexandria. Uh, but of course, we wouldn't be where we are if not for the mission mindedness and the church planting of Emmanuel Lutheran. So we wish them blessings on their school. Uh, and uh, we would just uh, uh, hope that these thoughts about worship stay with you as uh, the Lord uh, continues to inspire the people at Bethany to put forward their talents and their abilities. That's all a part of what we call stewardship, and that's going to be explained in just a little bit uh, with the sermon section. But first, here's Jesus Guide Me by C2W, Created to Worship. time I feared the day that sin would ruin my life, I called upon the victor who redeemed me through sacrifice, and now I see the way ahead is not to fear the past, for grace and love overpowers this troubled soul at last, Jesus guide me, your love saves me, when I take the time to pray your prayer, remind me. guide me Sad we can become 
I get down on my knees and pray, Lord, help me through this day. And Jesus answers, yes, my child, I'll be with you all the way. Jesus, guide me. Your love saves me. When I take the time to pray your prayer, remind me. So when you feel broken down and have no place to turn, remember who lights your way until his great return. Jesus, guide me. Saves me when I take the time to pray your prayer. Remind me, Jesus, guide me, Jesus, guide me. people said amen. <laughs> We're going to go into our sermon section now and uh, begin a new sermon series, uh, which I'll explain in a moment. The voice that you're going to hear in the sermon is not mine. It belongs to the Reverend Joseph B. Davis, and I had a very fun time collaborating on this sermon series with Pastor Davis. Uh, he is the pastor for our mission church at Bethany, uh, which is African Immigrant Ministry. Well, I shouldn't say mission church. They're a ministry, a part of Bethany, uh, and their choir comes to visit uh, the other services. They're usually singing at 1 o'clock. Uh, just like C2W is the second Sunday, second service. Uh, so African Immigrant Ministry will be rotated in every so often, and then our other choirs rotate around, our uh, different bell choirs and vocal choirs, children and adult. And for Pastor Davis, he he's uh, uh, got a ministry right now that's very challenging uh, because he's got to go out and, and grab people and meet people where they are, um, try to see about what their needs are and see if we can meet some of those needs and uh, bring them into our, our Bethany family. So it's very challenging. And so he talks often, at least uh, I want to say once a quarter, he does a message about you know giving and tithing and so forth, uh, just to, because he's constantly got new people coming into that mission. Um, and so they need to be trained. And really at Bethany Lutheran, it's something we should do on a more regular basis as well, because we do have such flux and transition, uh, people moving in and out of our community quite often with the following different jobs in and out of Washington, D.C. Um, so we're going to take some time during this series to just, you know, define terms and what, what are these, uh, what, 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 how do we give to the Lord and, and is there a system for that? And uh, so Pastor Davis begins things. So this series is called Casting Call. Let me just explain a moment where that came from. I was thinking in terms of being uh, handed a role, being handed a script, and like you're uh, going to be uh, uh, acting out in a play or a commercial or a movie or something. And uh, so I was thinking of the different, when Pastor Davis and I were talking about, you know, the different aspects of uh, stewardship, and that's a, a term that I know is going to have to be defined. Bear with me, but uh, as we were talking about the different aspects of stewardship in the church, we're, we're, this is what emerged: is these kinds of roles. Uh, so I came up with the idea of casting call, 
And Pastor Davis is going to lead us off with uh, the first role, which is the giver. Uh, what does a giver look like? You know, just someone who's just in general generous and just overflowing with the abundance that the Lord provides. Uh, the next one is going to be the steward. That's going to be my sermon, which you'll hear in the next podcast as well. And uh, what is a steward? What that that gets into the whole idea of stewardship. Uh, and why we do pretty much everything we do at, at Bethany Lutheran and in any Christian church. So I'm going to just cast that a little wide, and then we're going to narrow the focus a little bit more uh, this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent, 40 days of Lent. Uh, so this Wednesday at Bethany Lutheran, uh, we have a special fellowship meal at 6 o'clock, which you are invited to. And then uh, our worship at 7 o'clock follows that Pastor Davis preaching on the treasure hunter, uh, taking from the uh, gospel lesson, which is just perfect right in the middle of this series, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Uh, so we're talking about the heart of stewardship. And then uh, finally, I'm going to take on probably one of the most challenging uh, topics, the challenging roles to play, which is the tither, uh, dedicating a, a portion of what you have to the Lord. Uh, this is something that I personally had to grow into in my life, and that's probably where most people are as well. It's something that you, that you grow into, and then once you start doing it, you're, it just opens your eyes to one of the great mysteries of faith. Um, so I'm not going to spoil that too much. I'm just going to let you uh, know that I'm preaching that this Sunday here at Bethany, uh, and that'll be uh, two podcasts from now. Uh, three podcasts, rather. Oh, my goodness. All right, so this is going to be through February, and then looking ahead through March, we're going to be walking through the second half of the Gospel of Mark uh, to take us through Lent and to take us down the Calvary Road. It's a series called Crossroads, and I'm going to be uh, putting two different things together in each sermon. I, what that'll look like, I'll, I'll just have to explain that more when we get there. But um, but just know, you know the cross has two bars on it. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna put two things together for each sermon, uh, and the Gospel of Mark it just takes us right down the Calvary Road until we get to that scene with the centurion at the cross. Truly, this was the Son of God, uh, and and the Gospel of Mark helps us to make that confession when we get there. So that's going to be our series that'll take us all the way through Holy Week as well, and on to Easter Sunday, uh, and the beginning of April. So. All right, so that's going to be what's coming up for the sermons, what's coming up for this sermon. The next voice you will hear will be our brother in Christ, who is our uh, mission pastor, Pastor Joseph B. Davis, talking about the giver. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word and the hearing of it uh, as we consider our roles in the Lord's kingdom as stewards of all that he has given to us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Today we begin our four-part stewardship series called Casting Call. And today we'll be looking at the giver. And the text is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 
And the theme today is, what is our attitude towards giving? Now, when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6, and 8, you're going to see something, what Paul is saying. Paul says, though that's, that I so speculate will reap bundlefully. And then he skip to, uh, just skip to number uh, six, seven, and go to number eight. And he says, God will provide all their needs. So here, for seven say, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or on a compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Paul says, those that sow plentifully, they're going to reap plentifully. Because God will supply their needs. But the question is, how are we giving? What is our attitude towards our giving? What is my attitude towards my giving to the church? What is your attitude towards your giving to your God? This is a challenge in the church today, not about our giving or tithe but it has something to do with our hearts, our attitude. When we bring our offering to God, does God really see or get the idea that we're doing it out of love, or we're doing it out of uh, compulsion, or we're doing it out of tradition? Is that what God's going to see in our hearts or in our giving? For instance, you know, when the, you know, maybe you're going to ask your child or children or someone to come and do something for you, they may do it. Most of the children, you know, do. They will be kicking the floor and, and the dough and everything or murmuring, you know. But is that the attitude that you want them to do when they're doing what you ask them to do? Or sometimes, you know, you have something, a job, that maybe the, uh, your supervisor will ask you to do something and because it says you do it, so you just do anything. You know, I, I know, you just don't care attitude. So attitude is matter in the whole thing. Attitude is so much important to God. All right? So our attitude is matter. So the question is, how should we give? And why should we give? Since we're talking about attitude, all that kind of thing. How should we give our gift to God, and why should we give? One, we should give freely, generously, cheerfully, and expectantly. Just take a look at the, at the Old Testament reading. See, have you not heard? Do you not know? Has nobody told you that God is God? He made the stars, he made the world, he made everything you have, the clothes you wear, the food you eat, the place you sleep, the car you drive, the money you have. He got all. Do you not know that? And then he said, with all that, who can be compared with me? See? That's the question. So this God we're talking about is not God that just sit there and couldn't talk or couldn't walk or couldn't see. Our God talks, he walks, he sees. So Paul says, 
proposed in your heart cheerfully and gave all of the right attitude. Not because the stewardship said we should do it, so you just, you just do it. Not because the pastor up here and said do it and you just do it. But cheerfully. Cheerfully. Now in Second Corinthians chapter 8, the early Christians in Jerusalem were under transmenious persecution from, from the Romans. And Judah was also going through a great drought. So what Paul did? Paul took upon himself for a you know, fundraising campaign. And he went all over the place. And people were eager to give from their own heart according to their means. Paul did not force them. He did not pressurize them. But he gave. And Paul said, look, the people were begging us to take their money. Can you imagine? Can someone beg you to take my money, take my money? Why? Because they love God. And they love the church. And they love their neighbor. So they did it because of love for Christ and for those that are in need. They gave with their clear hearts, with love, with obedience. But one thing we should know is that God is not pleased with, with our big gifts. You know, you can give a million dollars. Or someone can give just a dollar. God doesn't please with that. God is pleased with our obedience, how we give it. It's not about a small amount or a big amount, but it's about the obedience of, of our hearts. How we look at it. Do we believe that when we give, God going to give us back? That's the first question. You know, or do we believe that God has blessed us so we, we, we're giving back in love? That's obedience right there. You see, so it's not about the amount, but it's about the heart. Number two, why should we give? Here, we should give because the early church believers love God, like us. We love God, and we love our neighbors more than our own possession. We give because we love God, and we love our neighbor more than our possession. See, when you love your possession so much, then you're selfish. You don't care for anybody. And some people, when they have money, they don't want to deal with uh, you know, the lower person. They want to be up there. You know, they, they, they get it. So they want, to be, they want to be hanging out with people up there. They got no time with hanging people down here. But when we love God and we give and we love our neighbors, you know, we not love our possession. Hear what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see whether I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will never have room for it. When you trust God, whenever you, you, you give God your offering or, or your tithe or, or whatever God has given you, even your time or your talents, what you are doing is you're trusting God. Because he gave you everything. So he said, test me in this to see. When the Bible says flood gets, you know, the poor gets so many blessings. Blessing your healing, financial blessing, spiritual blessing, all kinds of stuff. You see, so when your heart is open and you come here and give it to God, even by the time you drop back your hand, hey, people talk about physical blessing, not physical blessing alone. You, you got so many blessings. Because of your attitude, because of your obedience to God. 
But you don't come here to, to, to be dragging your feet home. I just, oh, no. No, there's no blessing. You can give million dollars to the church, but when your attitude is not right, it will just be in vain. There's no blessing. So I don't want to come across here to be, you know, like a religious beggar. But I know many of you, you know, you give generously, and some people are a wonderful giver. But money is very important to us. Everything we do is money. The horse we live in, the car we drive, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, everything is money. So it makes us to do some things that we don't want to do. It compromises our value. It turns our backs away from our family or, or, or from, our, from our religious responsibility. It easily can make us to be masters. You know, you know what Jesus said, you know, don't, there's no one can save money and at the same time save God. It's, it's impossible. You can't save two things. You know, two, two things cannot occupy space at the same time. You either love God or you love money. So money is a dedicated issue, all right? So it can easily become our master. So today's sermon shouldn't be like, you know, like a, a, like a loader with, with guilt, and then bringing any kind of sermon that will, that will make you to be guilty. But I just want you to turn your, 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 your attention on God. God is looking for someone who is obedient. Remember, he told Saul, Obedient is better than what? Sacrifice. All right? So God is looking for a right attitude, an obedience, trust. God's attitude in giving is summed up in John 3.16. We all know that verse. John 3.16. For God so loved the world, but look, what it says. Because God loved, he gave. You see? The Bible did not say God so loved the world. And that's it. So love giving is, is an action. You know, motivated by love. You, you just give. You, 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 don't, you don't care what happened. You just give. So God loved and he gave. Because God is love for John uh, 4.16, he is also a giver. So what am I saying? He set the example of giving motivated by love. He also, it is also crucial for us to give with an attitude of love. That's what I'm saying. The, Apop, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, if I give all my possessions to the poor, but do not have love, it profit me nothing. It is hard to imagine everything more commendable than giving everything to the poor, but it is not done. But when it is not done with love, it's nothing. All right? So our giving will be motivated by love. Why do we give? Because God gave his son, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine, can you give your only and only son? That's impossible. Your only and only son. And that's what God did for us. So when we give to God our, our, our tithe, our offering, our time, and our talents, our resources, we are responding to his word. Five for us that he give, not give back. But when you don't give, then you're not, you know, you know what I mean? 
then you're not, give, you're, not, you're not doing what God says. God loved the world, he gave. I love God, so I gave. So, giving is motivated by love together with our attitude. In God's economy, our attitude is even more important than our amount. So in the, in the world, in man's eyes, they don't look at our attitude. Whether you mad or not, or whatever, you give million dollars here, nobody cares because they're just after the money. You know, they want to do something with that money. But you can give God millions or billions of dollars. He doesn't care. What he cares for is right here. Your attitude towards that million dollars, that what God is looking for. But man, in man economy, they don't care whether you're happy or you 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 you, feel, you you know you 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 miserable. They don't care. Whether you give it grudgingly, they don't care. But for God, yes, He cares for our attitude. Jesus emphasized this point in Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, the Pharisees and other leaders, hypocrites, for you tithe, even give more. But you know the importance. What was the important the people you know? Justice, mercy, and faith. Yes, the religious leader gave everything. 10% yes, or 15% yes, or 20% yes, they did that. But the attitude was not right. That's why Jesus said, look, you look at the grave, you know, the pinter is beautifully outside. But then when you open that grave, a lot of booms. Yeah, you gave the money, but deep down here, you know, it's not clear. It's not that kind of giving God is looking for. God is looking for giving motivated by love together with our right attitude. That's what Jesus says. A right, correct attitude. So, for giving to be of any value, we must be, it must be done from the heart of love. The only way we can consistently give out of love is to give our gifts to the Lord himself. If giving is merely to the church, a ministry, or a needed person, it is only charity. Don't forget. Yeah, you can give, you know, to whatever charity you want to give, but when you give to the church, it means you are worshiping God. But giving to, the, to God becomes an act of worship. All right? It's not that to just come here and sing and then read the literature. No. But our giving also is an act of worship. Don't forget. God gave, giving response. It's an act of worship. So whenever you're giving, don't forget. You're in the presence of God and you're worshiping him with your clear heart, with, 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 a, with a clear attitude, good attitude towards the giving. Okay? Because... Why do we give freely, cheerfully, joyfully? You know, in the third service when we're giving our tithe or offering, we dance to the music. You know, I think some of you can be here, we can be dancing to the music, all that kind of thing. When you think about where, where God has taken you from and what God has given you, you you're going to dance. Because you don't even deserve it. Right? We all are going to hell, but God said, no, 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 no. Jesus said, no, I'm going to go. I can die for them. You never asked for it. But you give it to us. So when you're giving back, you gotta give back in joy. That's why we dance. 
But just like, you know, all hell broke loose, you just come in. That man, you don't trust him. He's a big guy. So when you come into him, the, the Bible says when you come into God, come to God boldly and with faith. So whether you put in small or small amount or big amount, when you come into God, come to God with that kind of expectation. God, look, I know that you say I should do it, but I do it with my whole heart. This is me. See? And see what God's going to do. We're going to do great things. So giving is very much important. While we dance with God, why we should be happy? Because he is our creator, number one, according to the Old Testament. Number two, he is our savior. He saved us from all our sins. And he is our provider, faithful provider. He provides all our needs. All our needs. No one else can do it for you. But God does. We can express our gratefulness and love by giving to him. Remember, whenever we give, we should remind ourselves that we are giving our gift to God through love that he has given us, through our, our positive attitude, obedience, and trust. So whenever we come here to give whatever God has for you, maybe your time or maybe your talent or maybe your resources, whatever God has asked you to do, we just want you to do it in your right attitude. Attitude matters. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a whole problem to it. Why we do that? Because God has given his son, Jesus Christ, and he has saved us. So we're giving back to him what he has given to us. Amen. Worship his holy name Sing like never 
ever before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy Praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. 